Welcome to Sonic Boom. I'm Erica Joran. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing women in the music industry and take a closer look at the gender inequalities that are ever so present. We'll also talk a little bit about the progress in history female artists have made throughout the years. Then, later, I'm going to be joined by my voice teacher from high school, Anna Marlowe. She teaches voice and keys at School of Rock in Highwood, Illinois, and is a professional musician and performer in the Chicago gigging scene. We'll be asking her some questions about herself as a performer, and then dive into some deeper topics she might be able to shed some light on. From Ella Fitzgerald to Madonna, women have made many achievements and broken tons of records over the course of music history, but not everyone seems to acknowledge it. Today, we are going to be covering three major topics in the industry that I feel need to be discussed. First, let's start with what job opportunities and employment look like for women in the industry. A new study from the USC Annenberg Inclusion Initiative has been done in which they examined the artists, songwriters, and producers credited on songs that appeared on the Billboard Hot 100 year-end chart since 2012. And according to their count, less than a quarter of the artists on the chart in 2021 were women. Over the past 10 years, that number has been stagnant at 21%, and then additionally, over the past decade, women only make up 12.7% of songwriters. And then the study also counted the producers of those same years and counted that women made up a trifling 2.8% of producers. So while women already lag behind men as artists, the problem is even more severe when it comes to behind-the-scenes fields such as songwriting, producing, and engineering. There is a female songwriter in the current industry that comes to my mind as we discuss women who work behind the scenes. Her name is Allie Tamposi, and if you've ever listened to the radio, you've most likely heard one or more of her songs. She's written many hit songs for popular artists such as Kelly Clarkson, Beyonce, Camila Cabello, Five Seconds of Summer, etc. She is one of the only major female songwriters that is credited on most of what's in the top 100, the other co-writers being men. One of the first songs to launch her career was Since You've Been Gone, performed by Kelly Clarkson. I make note of this song specifically because for me, growing up, this song, and of course Kelly Clarkson in general, was such a huge inspiration for me as a singer-songwriter. I looked up to her, I saw her killing it on stage, and I knew that I could do the same if I had tried hard enough. And to learn that the song was written by a female songwriter, it made me even more inspired and motivated to do something like that myself. While some women do get the opportunity, they don't necessarily receive the same treatment elsewhere. In regards to a pay gap, well, there is one. Um, In 2021, Warner Music UK reported that overall, women occupy 34% of the highest paid jobs and 57% of the lowest paid jobs. The 2021 figures also show that 80% of women received a bonus compared to 91% of men. Um, I think this shows that women have never really been taken seriously in the industry. And we see that when we look at bands such as Heart, for example, one of the first majorly successful female-fronted rock bands in music history. Anne and Nancy Wilson, the sisters who co-founded the band Heart, recall multiple times in which after a live show, a man would come up to them and say, you can play, to which they would respond, I know I can, as if it was unheard of for a woman to be skilled at guitar or have an amazing voice. Many men don't believe that women can play rock music specifically and do it well because they've pretty much claimed it as their own. Or when women actually were able to show their capability in a rock music environment, they were deemed disgusting and unladylike. So if we treat female artists, songwriters, producers, and just overall industry workers with more respect, I think that more young women will want to be a part of the music industry, and perhaps there will be a better balance between opportunity for all genders. Now let's shift over to the discrimination that is ever so present in the industry. The three major types of discrimination that women face are sexual harassment, objectification, and ageism. I'll be breaking each of these down. A 2019 study from Berklee College of Music found that 78% of women working in music felt that they had been treated differently because of their gender, with over half reporting that gender had affected their employment opportunities. Um, On the performing side of the industry, a study from the Music Industry Research Association and Princeton University found that over two-thirds of female musicians had experienced sexual harassment and that 72% had experienced discrimination based on their gender. For example, it is perfectly acceptable for record labels to not sign talented artists on the basis that they are unrelatable or too old, which shows how many people find this type of discrimination acceptable. Madonna is a perfect example of this phenomenon. She went from being one of the biggest female artists in the world to failing her most recent album. Then, in a 2016 speech at at the Billboard Woman Music Awards, She called out the industry on its relentless abuse of mature women trying to succeed in the musical landscape. This all has to do with ageism, which we will touch on a bit later. 
but it very much relates to the opportunities that many women in the industry just do not get. Let's start with objectification. Think about it. When female artists get interviewed, they get asked a whole bunch of questions that have nothing to do with their actual artistry or music experience. A majority of the questions follow along the lines of, what's your workout routine like? Tell us about what you're wearing. And then they usually conclude by asking said artist about dating rumors that have been floating around. They always seem to care more about the men in their lives than the actual artist and their music. We see this all the time with actresses as well. All of this just shows how women are viewed as objects by so many in the industry. I mean, they're practically trained and painted out to be that way. The phrase sex sells exists for a reason. Record labels use sexual advertising to promote their female artists all the time, which, if you think about it, kind of implies that they don't believe they could be successful solely based on their talent, and that they need to show off in order to get people's attention and sell records. These actions are what then often lead to sexual harassment. I mentioned this before, but according to a study done by Princeton University, two-thirds of women in the industry have experienced or reported instances of sexual assault and harassment. When men see women being objectified in advertisements and other situations, they are more likely to find it acceptable to do so, whether or not it's right. Men in the industry are known to exploit and abuse musicians who are women, female fans, as well as women they work with. Even male fans can be just as abusive at shows in the audience where groping and assault fears are ever growing. We see this all the time, headlines surrounding a famous artist and their problematic actions. The most ridiculous part about these stories is that a lot of the time, the perpetrator will be given nothing more than a slap on the wrist. Any abuses inflicted by music legends tend to be almost completely forgotten in pop, in pop culture, the victims being flat out ignored. I think many men see the way women are treated inferior to them in the music industry, and from there they get this idea in their heads that they have more power than the females do, and feel it is okay to harass them, especially if, let's say, a female artist is working underneath a man professionally. For example, Kesha faced alleged abuse for years under her producer Dr. Luke, which, in a case since dropped, sparked a Me Too movement within the music industry and inspired huge stars like Lady Gaga and Lily Allen, amongst others, to speak about their own experiences. Overall, it is much too common and needs to be stopped. Finally, a topic I think is less talked about but still just as important, ageism. We see examples of ageism in social media, articles, music reviews, etc. Ironically, as I was doing research for this episode, I stumbled upon a Billboard article about ageism in music in Hollywood and how it's often directed towards women. And when I scrolled down to the bottom, um, there was an article called Courtney Cox, 57, Leaves Home Without Makeup and We're in Shock. Um, and underneath it, it said, sponsored by, you guessed it, Billboard, which is kind of insane to me. Um, but it's really no shock to me, as it is unfortunately so common in the industry. Lots of men are told that they age like fine wine, whereas women are constantly picked at because of their appearances. People need to understand that female celebrities are still people and that they age just like anyone else. But being in the spotlight, people expect them to always have a full face of makeup and look young for their age, even though that is pretty much impossible. Nowadays, when women get above the age of 40, they are less likely to achieve success with music releases than if they were to be younger. The older a woman in the industry becomes, the closer critics will look at their appearance, art, and overall personality. Even worse, women have to compete with the inevitable new crop of girls that will rise in pop music. An example of this is Christina Aguilera's 2010 album, Bionic. Those who reviewed this album criticized Christina because she dared to make songs about sex, and they said that it was getting old for her, and they even went as far as comparing it to her older work. The most obvious way in which reviewers showed their ageism was the instance on comparing her to Lady Gaga, who at the time was a newcomer in the industry. Um, Christina's album tanked, and although Christina would go on to have some success in the 2010s, she has not really been able to replicate that success of her older material from when she was still considered young enough. All of these topics are part of a much bigger discussion. How can we make the music industry a place that provides equal opportunity and treats females with the same respect we do men? My guest, Anna Marlowe, is going to be sharing her thoughts on this topic and maybe even provide us with some answers to these questions right after this. Hi, everybody. I'm Mike McFerrin. And I'm Adrienne Honnold, and we're music professors at Lewis University. We're very excited about our new degree in music industry. Oh, yeah. And this program is designed for anyone who loves music and is passionate about having a life in music. Whether you see yourself in front of the microphone, behind the mixing board, or creating tracks in Ableton, our degree in music industry is flexible and adaptable to the fluctuations that occur in the market and the industry. So check us out. 
visit lewisu.edu slash music. That's lewisu.edu slash music. All right, so hello, Anna. Thank you so much for joining me today and letting me ask you some questions. Um, first, we're going to talk a little bit about you as an artist, just get to know you, and then get into some of the deeper discussions and yeah. about women and their place in the music industry and some of those inequalities that um, exist there. So yeah. my first question is, what inspired you specifically to get into music? I think it was just... It's so natural. It was like, I, I come from a family, not like inherently a musical family. Like it's not generations, but my dad is a musician and my mom grew up singing a lot. Um, and my dad's a band director and yeah, he's had, he's impacted me a lot. So I think it was just like a really natural progression that, you know, my parents got my sister and I in piano lessons at like six and, you know, we're from the South and, you know, you sing in church, mm-hmm. natural. It's just natural, always going to my dad's concerts and stuff. Um, yeah, it was just kind of like music has just always been at the core of everything. Um, so I just I think it was more I just can't imagine doing anything else except music or some sort of performing arts. Yeah, nice. Um, so my next question is, what is your favorite song to perform live? Or at least one of them, if it's too difficult to choose. Ooh, okay. Let's see. And it's funny because these are actually not songs that I would just like, I just love to listen to all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Dreams is up there. I love Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. That's a good one. Yeah. I love I love that song every time. And I know it's, it's like such a simple song, but it's one of those that like, everybody seems to know. And I think it matters anytime I perform, it matters to me that it's connecting. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's less about me and more about who I can connect with and like who's, who's getting impacted out there and who's like getting transported from their day, like at work to Mm -hmm. a better time. And everybody knows that song. It doesn't matter how old you are. Like after about age 18, everybody knows that song yeah, and exactly. where you grew up. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it. So I do love to sing that because I noticed that it just like kind of across the board, everybody's like, <gasps> yeah. Dream. So checking yeah. from the audience, seeing what they like yeah. and kind of incorporating that. In. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, that I also like to sing Adele. I like ro- <laughs> like singing Rolling in the Deep because I have a certain way that it, I've worked out with my band that I like to do it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I've also started doing the song Do I Do I Wanna Know by the Arctic Monkeys. Oh, good one. And that's a fun one because I don't think a lot of people hear that live yeah. a lot. And uh or at least where I where I'm performing, I never really hear it live. So mm. yeah, I guess it's it's kind of always changing, but dreams is probably like the one that's, that I can yeah. be like <laughs> if the room isn't feeling what we're doing, mm-hmm. I can just be like, and I mean it's a two it's barely a three chord song. So it's like, even if you don't know it, like I could hop on, I don't, I don't usually play keys at my own gigs unless it's a solo or a duo, but like if the, if somebody doesn't know it, it's okay. Like me and the bass player will know it and we can, we can go from there. So yeah. Nice. Perfect. Um, and then my next question is, do you have a favorite venue or favorite place that you've performed at? And why is that? You know, it's interesting because like, here in Chicago, I lived in Chicago for like seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. And there's a place called The Basement downtown. Uh-huh. And I play there a yeah. lot. Um, it's like in River North. Um, and it's just like a home. And I've just been able to grow and learn and work stuff out there and form a lot of really important relationships in the music industry in Chicago there. And just, yeah, it's kind of been like a playground for me. But beyond that, I was really deep into um, working uh, and performing and um, teaching from when I was about 18 to 23, 24. And I was able, through that um, program I was in, to travel around the world. And there were some really amazing theaters in Japan Mm. and like that was probably like that. That's probably like the coolest. That sounds like a I've cool experience. And yeah. just name just anywhere in Japan. Mm-hmm. Their theaters are just 
so beautiful and like um I, I can't explain it, but but the the front of the stage, like the curtain mm-hmm. is always it's not like a what we think of as a curtain, like a red curtain that we pull and then not Diet Coke. Um <laughs> that you pull and then like it just opens like a classic what we think of. It's like beautiful tapestries sewn on these curtains and they usually go up instead of like part and like they're different in every city, every town, but like mm-hmm. they they're like handmade. And it's like, it could just be up at any museum. It's so incredibly beautiful. So I just say like anywhere in Japan Mm -hmm. as a broad general thing. (laughs) No, I get it though, yeah. I mean like, yeah, like who wouldn't want to say that? Exactly. But um, yeah, like more recently, I would say the basement in Chicago has definitely been like a home. Um, Let me think. I I also, I do a lot of gigs on the weekends, like doing corporate stuff and Mm -hmm. weddings. Trying to think. I love singing at the peninsula, Mm. um, the hotel. It is so gorgeous. Anybody that has a wedding there and I get to sing at it, I'm very excited because it's just visually stunning, but yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think that's one of the coolest things about being performers is we get to see such amazing places and we get to travel and I just, yeah, it's really cool experiences. It is. And it's like also on the other side of that, it's like you learn to be so flexible Mm -hmm. as a a musician and like, because everywhere is different. The weather can affect the sound. People like different things in different places. There's just so much to it. Um, Definitely. Yeah, it's the beauty of live music. It's always different. (laughs) It's something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) All right, Um, my next question is, what female artists do you admire and find strength from? And why is that? Ooh, that's a good question. question, That's really good. Let me think. I mean, it's probably like I would, I would, let's see. I really admire anybody who came up without like their parents already in the industry. That sounds mm. so hateful. No, I, I, I know that, that oh, yeah. term, baby yes. is thrown mm-hmm. around a lot. And also it's not fair because it's like, they um like they you can't help who you're born mm-hmm. of course family yeah. born into and all that and like that's really cool and and one and I can also like be aware that like I was able to be exposed to music because my dad was a musician mm-hmm. and all of that but I would say anybody who came up on their own and I mean it's just hard it's just hard to be a girl <laughs> point, point, yeah without me like yeah. just as a human living in this world it is hard to be a girl what we're talking about today yeah no I yeah completely but, understand um, that. <laughs> I would say let's I, I'm thinking about like Kelly Clarkson mm, that's a huge she one <laughs> is so talented she's amazing and actually I don't even listen to her music that much mm-hmm. um but I do really love her because she's such a little go-getter and like she auditioned for this American Idol show and then she's you know she's navigated this thing but she didn't come from like some sort of major background where um, mm-hmm. she had connections before. Yeah. So I think I really admire her for that. Obviously, I admire Beyonce for <laughs> all the reasons one should admire. I, She's Beyonce. I mean, Beyonce. I, I do. I feel like I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Beyonce. Uh, I admire Rihanna mm-hmm. because also look at her making a whole. <laughs> changing the beauty line like yeah. going outside of music like starting I I mean we're never going to get another album from her but <laughs> yeah. no actually I think we will I do think that the Super Bowl I think that she's going to drop something I can't right wait before. for that yeah just hey remember Maybe this conversation yeah. oh and know that in January <laughs> when she drops the new surprise album we weren't surprised I called it um but yeah i I mean, it's it's kind of like if you ask somebody, like, do you like food? What kind of food do you like? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. Where do I start? Shania Twain. Oh, I yes. Was, oh, man. And, like, the whole thing. And, and um, you know, she her husband left her for her best mm-hmm. friend. And she had, she had a lot to go through. Yeah. And I just also, I just love her. I love Reba. I love but, her. yeah, I, I think the very first person that came to mind was, was Kelly. Mm-hmm. Kelly Clarkson. Also, uh, Carol King, if you know her story. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's tough out there. And, and those women 
are really inspiring to mm-hmm. me. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kelly, for me, I remember when Since You've Been Gone was released. That was for me, like, <laughs> I, that was, I don't know, that was groundbreaking for me. That was when I... It- I looked at her on stage performing and I was like, I could do that just because I saw her doing it. And she was definitely a huge inspiration for me. Um, I very much agree. Also, Amy Winehouse. Oh, yes. That I just. (laughs) I owe a lot to. Yeah, I know we always like every now and then we would like talk about her in a lesson Mm -hmm. or something. and be like, Amy. But it really like I really she was so just so beyond her mm-hmm. time both in I feel like she was from the past and not and she was for the future I don't know yeah somewhere in there sure. and no, I just I admired all the music that she created in such a short time yeah mm, amazing so yeah I guess those are my my people <laughs> nice my yeah ladies. those are great people um yeah it's funny my current voice teacher here um told me that he could tell I took a lot of inspiration from Amy Winehouse just by the way I saying and I just thought that was funny because I immediately thought of you and just <laughs> singing Amy Winehouse <laughs> in our lessons so yeah. you know it's funny I was actually on a gig the other day and um the this guy this guy came up to me and he's like you sound like Amy Winehouse can you sing some <laughs> Amy Winehouse and I was like I literally don't but of course I have all these Amy Winehouse songs yeah. ready to go because I know people will come up and ask like can you sing Valerie and it's like <laughs> I got it. I don't, that's yeah, not that's even my a staple. Day, I mean, I'll sing it for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. Um, so my next question, this is, I mean, kind of similar. We've already mentioned a few things, but just in general, how do you believe that females have impacted the music industry as a whole? Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Just generally. That's a think. great question. I think I'm still working that answer out. <laughs> I, Yeah. Wow. How do I even (laughs) broach that? I just think the blueprint just like, I mean, where did Elvis get his inspiration Mm -hmm. from? And, um, yep. That's a great example. Black women and, um, the blueprint. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I just, let's see. We, we write from our pain. Yep. We write from, we just, we, we write our stories. And I know every, I know generally like everybody writes from their pain. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying from a very female, my perspective as a, as a woman, I get the best writing done. I get the best performances out when I'm going through something. And it's usually, Mm -hmm. it's, it's generally like something that is what women are going through, you know? Um, and it's just, yeah, it's an unequal world. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that, like, like all the artists we were talking about before, mm-hmm. like, wh- they don't write from, like, these happy times most of the time. Like, Still the One is a banger, Shania, okay? <laughs> but, like... Mo- like, most of the songs we love by them and that that really came from their heart, like... Like thinking about Lemonade from Beyonce Mm -hmm. and like all the guts she poured into that after there was a lot of turmoil in her life. Just thinking about all of that. I just think that we really know how to uh, like for impactful music. I think we really put our pain and our hearts into it and create. We really know how to create something Mm -hmm. beautiful out of it. Yeah. And sometimes become billionaires in the making. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all of us. Sure. Yeah. I, before you joined, I was talking about um, a songwriter, Ali Tamposi. I'm sure you've heard of her. Mm-hmm. But even she wrote on Since You've Been Gone and just a bunch of other incredible hits. And she talked about how she always writes from that place. And that's how she gets inspiration for a lot of the songs. And that's why they're so successful because she's writing from that place of pain and she's writing for herself and nobody else. So it's the true. It's, yeah. it's, it's what's true. And it's funny. Cause like I moved to Chicago for improv. Mm-hmm. I didn't move for music at all. Mm-hmm. I was like trying, I, I was trying to get away from music and I was like, I'm, I'm funny. So I'm going to do improv. And then it just, um, wasn't quite the thing I, I thought I wanted. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's interesting. Like it was during a really, it, it was like during a painful time that, I was able to reconnect with music and like 
Yeah. It, it stinks that it is like the pain that draws you mm-hmm. to it, but it's also very cathartic. Yeah. It's our medicine and, um, in a way. Yeah. It's kind of spiritual in a way. Like doesn't really matter. I, I'm not speaking on any one religion or anything. It's just, there's a spiritual connection for sure. So, yep. Yeah. Um, for this next question, I have a couple answers that I thought of, but do you, um, why do you think, um, do, if you have an idea, why do you think that uh, women in the music industry are, aren't necessarily taken super seriously? Do you think there's like a specific reason for that? Is it because of media? Like, where does that stem from? Do you think? Hmm. <laughs> I think that... Um, I would say that it, it takes us longer and we have to work so much harder Mm -hmm. to get what is perceived as an equal amount of recognition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of the time the people in charge are guys. Yep. And I think there's a in most industries, there's a boys club. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that things are changing, it's uncomfortable. Um, and I'm not, I'm not here to, cause I, I really love a, like, like almost everybody I work with and like the, the people that hire me, I'm so grateful, mm-hmm. but I think generally the system, it's, it's a lot of guys yeah. And there's a lot of thoughts of what um maybe what a man can contribute versus what is expected of a woman to contribute, which mm-hmm. is a lot of times based on your appearance. Yep. So much more. Um you expect you know, I run I I you know, I run bands and I I have a lot writing and, you know, I, I'm aware that I cannot react the same as somebody else who is not a woman. Mm. I would, I would just say we have to be so much more careful because I feel like, uh, like just, just being perfectly honest, it's taken so long to get where I've gotten to. Mm-hmm. It's taken so much work. Yeah. Taken so you you take a lot of BS and um, you just smile and you keep going and then you push back a little, but you can't. You have to push back in a certain way. It's a. It's so much more of a mental game that if you're not in it, if you're if I think from my perspective that um, it's just it's just so much more of a mental warfare mm-hmm. than anybody than than um, a lot of guys would uh, would know yeah um, yeah I just I think there's I think there's it's so invisible there's like the tip of the iceberg that everybody sees yeah it's hard to be a girl Da-da-da. Also, because people expect you to be nice, they want to they want to give you a low. They they want to try to like pay you less, mm-hmm. and especially like if you're running a band, like you kind of have to step up and you got to ask for what you're worth, and yep. then also know that you you might not get it, but you still have to ask for it, and then you have to push a little bit more, and sometimes you got to push and know that if you make somebody mad, but then they'll pay you a little bit more, and not in a I'm like not trying to like. I'm going to get your money, mm-hmm. but like trying to get your band paid. Cause when you're a band leader, it's like, this is not, I got to get every, we're all paying our bills with this. And, um, I think that, yeah, you, uh, you definitely have to learn how to step up in a different way. Yeah. You have to, you can't just do something. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. my experience. And I know some, some people might be like, well, that's not true. That is awesome. If that's your experience. It's not mine at all. Um, even like I was working on a gig recently and somebody um, who I presume a guy that was, has nothing to do with um, music at all mm-hmm. uh, said something to the effect of um, I liked most of the songs you played tonight. And I was like, 
Thanks. I appreciate it. And like, I wanted to be like, cool. Yeah, like, not the compliment he thinks it is. <laughs> I wanted to be like, you literally had one job and you put money in the tip jar. I saw that. I appreciate it, sir. Mm. So kind. But also like you did not have to give a backhanded compliment. I like most of your songs. Also, you should add Creep by Radiohead because <laughs> that would be better for your voice. And I was like, okay, how... <laughs> What an original thought. Thank you. Like, thank you yep. so much. Um, so sweet of you. Yeah. It's a lot of this. It's a lot of, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've heard people say, like, certain, you know, and you also, you have to invest financially. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to look my best all the time. And, like, I, like, I can't let, there's no letting down. Yeah. Uh, um, or at least in my zone, there's no letting down. Mm-hmm. You know, you definitely, you have to uh, um, keep up a good appearance all the time. And by a good appearance, that's not just like a physical appearance. That's just like seeming like you're good. And like, even if you're not. And uh, just... Knowing, like, I I definitely have to save up for the times that, like, I really need a moment away, like, if I have something personal happening. Mm Because I also, I don't want people to, uh, thinking, like, oh, well, she's all, she always has something going on. Because it's then I won't get hired as much. And it's, it stinks. And some people are like, well, forget that. That's BS. And you gotta, you gotta just do your thing. That's so cool to say that. Mm -hmm. I dare you to put that into action and see what happens in this field. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, for sure. I know, um, Ann Wilson, Ann and Nancy Wilson talked a little bit about how they remember so many times that a man would come up to them after they played a live show and say, wow, you can play. That one. <laughs> it's like, no, it, yeah, it's, I can. It's Thank you. <laughs> or that like my favorite, my, the, you ready? Get ready. <laughs> Listen, I was bullied all mm. growing up. I was a chubby kid from Arkansas with a bowl cut, like, <laughs> and a sense of humor mm-hmm. because it was a defense mech, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, and I had a good voice, but like, it was so funny. I would sing and then people would come up to me from pretty young age again in the sense of like you this is not the compliment you think and it was like I didn't expect you to be so good or I didn't expect that voice out of that body and I'm like why are you commenting on my body (laughs) this makes me want to just crawl up in a hole and just just wither away honestly it's like even somebody like um a while back said something about an outfit that I had on and they were like, that's the kind of stuff we want to see you in. And I was, it, I was yeah. mind blown. I was, mm-hmm. and I didn't say it. Like I just did one of these faces. Cause I was like, <laughs> yeah, I need I to go and make tiny fists with my toes. I'm so mad. And I'm going to go get some ice cream about it. Yeah. No, there's a, there's a lot that you deal with. It's very lonely. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to glamorize it. It's very, it's very lonely. And like, you have to definitely lean on your system of people. And it is the cool thing about being my experience. The cool thing about being a woman working in music is like, you have an opportunity to forge some really important friendships with other women Mm, mm -hmm. in the music industry. Um, And it's important that you take those chances to to have those bonds because nobody gets it like other women. Like that's, that's just it. And like, I'm a girl that has a lot of guy friends, but like there are some things that I love them to death, but I, they're not going to understand they're not, they're not going to get, they're not going to understand my experiences. Just like I wouldn't understand certain experiences. They're not going to get it. I think it's really important in this industry more than ever to look at other women. Um, and, and be like, wow, let's have each other's backs. We're not, uh, we're not competition with each other. Let's get each other gigs. Let's use each other's, yeah. uh, use each other as subs. Um, let's, let's provide for each other. 
let's create something beautiful here. Let's show up to each other's gigs and support. I think it's so, so important um, that you build that system because like at the end of the day, like it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to be a girl and you, you gotta have, you gotta have your support system that has your back. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, there's also, you also need incredible men in your life too. Like I can't do what I do without the incredible just people in general. Um, but I would say do your best to, uh, not make enemies. Sometimes it's going to happen. Um, but you just, just neutralize and walk off. Um, and, uh, but otherwise like try to get each other gigs. And then when somebody says something thoughtless about, about your body or about you as a, as a woman, you just go to your support system, go get some ice cream and, go to therapy, work it out and keep it, keep it moving. And, uh, it's difficult. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you basically just answered the next two questions I had. So that was a very great answer. Thank you. Oh, um, really? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, going back to what you said about like comments about outfits and appearances, I yeah. talked a little bit about objectification and ageism earlier and how prevalent both of those topics are. <laughs> um, and just even, For example, um, things like when female artists are getting interviewed, they're always asked questions like... About their outfits? "Uh, Yeah, exactly. Or like, what's your workout routine? Things like that. Whereas men tend to get the deep questions about their actual artistry and their work, and women don't really get to answer those kinds of questions. And then again, like ageism, similar thing with, I think that happened with Christina Aguilera and Madonna. Um, but just that men are always aging like fine wine, but then women have to always look perfect, even though inevitably they're going to get older because that's how humans work. And I just think that people need to understand that a little bit more. <laughs> I I think that, first off, this is really funny that you're saying this because I already pre-did my skincare <laughs> stuff and my foundation because I have a gig later. Mm. And I was like, well, I should probably do that. So then I can do a really cool thing. Yeah. My makeup bag weighs so much. It's so heavy. I got yeah. my eyeshadow palettes. I got all of this stuff. Yeah, I'm 32. Mm-hmm. And I am, I feel blessed because though I feel as if I very much look 32, sometimes for some reason, people are like, I didn't think you were 32. I thought you were 25 mm-hmm. or something along those lines. But it's it's like, again, this is not the compliment you think it is. What's yeah, wrong exactly. with being 32 and so, being where yeah. I'm at? Um, I think it's, you gotta, you gotta really know who you are. You have to, I mean, there's nothing wrong if that makes you happy, whatever gender you are to do things to make yourself uh, aesthetically feel beautiful. If that, if that brings you joy, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Get your Botox, get your, but personally my journey i'm here to age naturally uh at least right now i think um <laughs> but it's there's so much pressure uh yeah. to uh to keep looking young mm. um as if being old is a bad thing i feel blessed because my parents are older i mean yeah i'm 32 they should be older but like <laughs> also they were older when they had me my dad was like 40 mm. when they had me mm-hmm. my mom was like my mom was like 35 I mean honestly at the rate I'm going I might have kids when I'm 35 or 36 so I'm like same girl but um I'm really happy I had older parents because I've noticed they celebrate getting old mm. they think it's the best thing my dad's 73 72 he's 72 good <laughs> um they celebrate growing older mm-hmm. They, uh, they think it's a beautiful thing and that aging is an honor. Mm -hmm. And it's like, honestly, if I can add more of that to this world, if that's something as an artist that I can do, um, to like, just like, uh, just to add something to the conversation, if that's what I'm remembered for being real and, um, and fighting against like, there's nothing wrong with being 45. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with being a 65 year old woman oh, yeah, exactly. and wearing what you want and singing mm-hmm. what you want. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, 
you know, and I, and I don't really want to comment on any, anybody's like in, in general, like that, what they've done physically. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I don't know, I don't know their life, but I just know for me that if there's one thing I want to do, it's just, um, be authentic and look authentic. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not look, I don't want to say it like that. <laughs> look authentic, be authentic. And for me, that is, that is just letting my face do what gravity is going to do mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Looking like authentic, I definitely yeah. don't want to say that. But um, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. The, the outfits, the keeping up. Again, this is where you kind of have to, you have to trust yourself and mm-hmm. you also have to do what's best for you because um, like I'm at a point in my in my career where I'm now able to figure out like, okay, cool. This is what I want to wear. Cause that looks like me. I don't want to look like somebody else. I don't want to look like I'm keeping up with a 22 year old. Cause I can't, and I won't, mm-hmm. and we don't need to, again, that's looking at other, other people as competition. Um, and again, just taking more of that out, taking more of the, this, the surface stuff out and just focusing on what's important. Like, let me make music. Mm-hmm. Let me just, um, let me tell my stories. Let me wear what I want. Let me do what I want. Um, and, and shut up about it and stop talking about my body. Yeah. Y'all. That's, that's that. really <laughs> it. And I mean, there have been like recently, like a heightened amount of comments about my body Really, from either from from different people mm. that have to do uh, with music, which is it could be people like showing up mm-hmm. to shows and that I've never met them. Um, it could be people that that are musicians also, but a lot of comments on on you know you get a lot of comments and they don't even realize it, like what they're mm. saying. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if I'm doing That's- it too. Sometimes I'm like, do I? Am I doing that too? But it's just like, cool, less of that. Mm-hmm. Let's not and never do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just shutting it, just neutralizing it, <laughs> at just Febreze, Febreze it, Febrezing it. I'm neutralizing yep. all that stink. We don't do that here anymore. So, yeah. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Things, but yeah. Sometimes the things that people will say. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, um, since we're running out of time here, I wish I had – the upgraded version of Zoom, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, just one last question. Um, yeah. Thank you. These answers were super thoughtful, and I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I love hearing your perspective on things. Um, my last question to leave you with is, what advice would you give to young females who are wanting to get into the music industry and maybe have doubts about their ability to do so? Um, first off, don't doubt your ability. Mm-hmm. Know that you are, you are not perfect. Mm-hmm. You'll never be perfect and nobody else will, but just know that you're probably better than a lot of people and like, you just have to put your stuff out there. And I don't even mean that like you're better than them. I just, I just mean like, cause I have a lot of like that imposter syndrome stuff where I'm like, everyone's better and thinner and more talented and they, they know people and they're richer and they have a boyfriend it's all of this. And like, actually I'm so valid and so are they, but like, I didn't get all this way. God didn't put me here and, and get me all the way here. And I didn't cry over all of that just to stop. Mm. And I Mm -hmm. think for anybody getting started, if you have that dream, you, you have to be crazy first off. And you have to be okay with not living a conventional life because it is not conventional. Um, But it's beautiful. And if it makes your soul happy and like fulfilled, then that's the work that you have to follow and know that there's so many average people that are getting away with million dollar, billion dollar contracts that are like on our radios that are just creating white noise so please add your truth, add your authenticity, add all of that. Like, I was thinking about, like, the whole Adam Levine thing. Mm. 
just yeah. there's a, you know I I'm an early Maroon Five fan, but like a lot of people, like it's just elevator music. But like you get to a point when you get that big, you can just put anything out, mm-hmm. and it's like, is it good? That's I yeah. don't know. I, but I would say I would say that like yeah. if you're like, am I? I don't know if I'm as good. I don't know either. Just know that you're going to, you're going to fail a lot Mm -hmm. and then you're going to learn and then it's going to be beautiful. And then you're going to have an amazing soul changing gig and then it's going to be difficult and then it's going to be amazing. It's all the things. If you're in it to get famous, don't do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would say, unless like you have a, like you, you know, somebody that can like get that. Hey, get your bag. Okay. Great. Fantastic. But I would say, um, yeah, you need to be very passionate about. <laughs> yeah, because it's really yeah. lonely and it's really difficult. And it's a lot of people going, are you OK? And you're going, oh, yeah. And it's a lie. I just cried in my car 10 minutes ago. And that's it. <laughs> that, I felt that. It's a, a lot of hitting in your car. It's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of fake eyelashes. So you got to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, <laughs> Thank you so much again. I really appreciate you talking to me and discussing some of these topics because these are incredibly important topics to me, I think, and I think to a lot of women. Um, But yeah, and also I think I've learned a lot of a lot from this, just as I'm hoping to go into the music industry and specifically. Scare you away? (laughs) No, no, not at all. But I. It's great. It's just yeah. I mean, because for me specifically, I want to go into music business and. Right. The numbers are even more trifling of like the amount of women who work behind the scenes than like actually performers. And that's already low to begin with. So, you know, just kind of got to figure that out. We want more women in music business. Okay. We want, we need the support. (laughs) We'll take it wherever you go though. You're going to be great, Erica. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm, there's like no part of me where I'm like, oh, I'm concerned. I'm like, I can't wait to see what she does. Thank and also, you. I will be calling you to sub for some gigs, okay? Okay. I look forward Remember, to it. Remember, we got that list started. We're gonna, <laughs> I'm going to send you some songs again, okay? All right. I'll talk to you later, okay? Thanks. Have a good one. Bye, Erica. Bye. I just want to say thank you to Anna one more time. It was a pleasure talking to her, and I have learned so much from her discussion. Um, Before we end this episode, I'd like to finish off by talking about the people that make artist careers possible, the audience. Now, with audience comes fans, and with fans come fangirls. Most of us, when we think about the word fangirls, are programmed to think about words such as crazy, obsessive, and shallow. But when we think about it, what do we call a grown man that knows everything about, let's say, Led Zeppelin's history? Is he not considered obsessive? Why is it that when men like certain bands or franchises and know a lot about them, it's because it is simply an interest, but when females do the same, it is instantly referred to as obsession. Male fans can be just as obsessive over things as fangirls. Have you ever encountered a football fan whose favorite team just lost a really significant match? Emotions can heat up in sports arenas. It's not only the fans that are looked down on, but most of the bands that depend on a mainly female audience aren't taken seriously by critics. They have to work really, really hard in order to eventually win them over. In the process, some of these bands become ashamed of having a large female fan base. And quite honestly, fangirls are always one step ahead of music journalists. They dissect every single piece of interview and performance that there is of their favorite band, and they have a unique understanding of their idols that goes way beyond traditional research. Um, As most journalists who ever hosted a fan Q&A will tell you, fans always have the best and most interesting questions. Most of them are far from naive and shallow stereotypes society wants you to believe in. In Harry Styles' Rolling Stone cover story back in August, he says, We're so past that dumb, outdated narrative of, oh, these people are girls, so they don't know what they're talking about. They're the ones who know what they're talking about. They're the people who listen obsessively. They effing own this shit. They're running it. In her article on Hot Press, Selena Jungling says, It's an incredible thing to be a part of such a big, loving community. You football fans out there should know that, and there should be no shame in proclaiming your love for your favorite musician, actor, or sports star. If there's anything you learned from this episode, I hope it's this. Women have a lot to bring to the industry. They have the ability to write, create, perform, produce, and manage great music. 
and we would be able to see so much more of this talent if only we chose to take them seriously. Thank you for listening to Sonic Boom. I'm Erica Joran. This episode was produced by me, and I wrote all of the original music. Sonic Boom is a production of the Lewis University Department of Music. For more information about this podcast or the Department of Music, visit lewisu.edu slash music. That's lewisu.edu slash music.